بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم we continue the explanation of the book of fasting from بلوغ المرام and uh, in this discussion we will cover the last three narrations under the book of fasting uh, there will be the book of اعتكاف uh, <coughs> the book of اعتكاف uh, that uh, inshallah ta'ala will leave it for some other time now we go to uh, hadith 565 uh, أنا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أكثر ما كان يصوم من الأيام يوم السبت ويوم الأحد وكان يقول إنهما يوم عيد للمشركين وأنا أريد أن أخالفهم أخرجه النسائي وصححه ابن خزيمة وهذا لفظه بحديث أبو سلم رضي الله عنه that Allah's messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم used to fast mostly on Saturday and Sunday and he used to say they are festival days for the polytheists and I want to act contrary to them I want to act contrary to them meaning oppose them now <coughs> that these two days the Saturday and the Sunday uh, are days for the Jews and the Christians the Jews their Eid is Saturday and the Eid of the Christians is Sunday so the Prophet ﷺ wanted to act contrary to them and oppose them and what type of opposition is this? that is because the days of Eid as it is the habit uh, are days of enjoyment and happiness and so forth and it is not fitting to fast uh, these uh, days as we learned earlier so if 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 uh, those people uh, they don't fast these days meaning the Jews and the Christians uh, then we fast them and we oppose them in their festivals and in their magnification of these two days the Saturday and the Sunday is that clear? Alhamdulillah in this hadith there is evidence, we take from this hadith another point of evidence, that the hadith of As-Sama concerning the fasting of Saturday, radiallahu anha, if it is authentic, okay, then it is to be understood, what? Understood as being, as singling out Saturday. As singling out Saturday. But if Saturday is joined to Sunday, then there is no harm. We take it from this hadith, right? And if Saturday is joined to a day before, and that is Jumu'ah, Friday, then there is no harm. And this stands to support the opinion that what is intended by the prohibition of fasting Saturday is the singling out of Saturday. Is that clear? Is that clear? There is in this hadith we are discussing there is evidence for this supporting it because the Prophet most of the days he fasted was Saturday and Sunday Saturday and Sunday from the benefits of this hadith yes yes
from the benefits of the hadith is the keenness of the Prophet والسلام, to oppose the mushriks to oppose the mushriks and that's why he exerted the effort to fast in order to oppose them and opposing the, the disbelievers uh, when, it is regard, when it is in regard to legal matters then it is an obligation under all circumstances and without details and whoever agrees with them with the disbelievers then he is on a danger and who accepts their festivals then he is also on a grave danger however regarding uh, regular or normal uh, things uh, then opposing them opposing them is no doubt better and in this also <coughs> the person uh, stays away from allegiance uh, to them and the more the person is away from this and from the disbelievers uh, ways and uh, habits then this is closer or stronger in terms of his faith and iman and that's why when Abu Thalaba al-Khushani radiyallahu anhu may Allah be pleased with him asked the messenger sallallahu and he said we are in a land of the people of the book uh, shall we eat can we eat in their utensils the Prophet ﷺ said no unless you don't find other than that then wash it and eat in them so he conditioned two things that they don't find other than their utensils so therefore uh, the need arises or the necessity arises to eat in their utensils and the second is to wash it now as to the first one it is clear we don't eat in their utensils lest they what uh, have a favor on us that they uh, gave them to us and lent them to us uh, and so that we don't also uh, make it a frequent habit to go and borrow their utensils and so forth however if they invite us mean the people of the book to a walima or a feast then we eat in their uh, use their utensils and eat from them the, th- the second condition is the washing it is said that they used to uh, cook in it the, uh, the flesh or the meat of the, of the uh, swine or the pig and uh, this is najis, impure but in this reasoning it's questionable because the origin is purity until we know that such a utensil okay, that such, and such, that such particular utensil was used in cooking pig meat or swine meat so what appears to be that the Prophet ﷺ ordered washing them in order what uh, so that we keep distant from them and their ways so the important thing is to oppose the mushriks and the disbelievers this is something requested so that nothing uh, settles in ourselves any kind of allegiance and love to them and that's why the people of knowledge had mentioned rahimahumullah that resemblance in the outward in the outward leads to resemblance in the inward in the inward the resemblance in the outward leads to the resemblance inward inwardly outward resemblance uh, leads to inward resemblance and that's why the prophet warned from 
resembling them in the hadith من تشبه بقوم فهو منهم whoever assumes the manner of some people he becomes from them the second hadith the hadith of Abi Hurair رضي الله عنه وعن أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم نهى عن صوم يوم عرفة بعرفة In the hadith of Abu Hurair رضي الله تعالى عنه that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم prohibited fasting on the day of عرفة at عرفة reported by الخمسة the five except الترمذي and uh, Ibn Khuzayma and الحاكم authenticated it and استنكره العقيلي and العقيلي rejected it so if a person is at Arafa then he is prohibited to fast the underlying cause and the wisdom from this is so that he maintains his activity you know in order to conduct that which he came specifically for and that is the dua, the invocation, and humbleness to Allah Azza wa Jal. And it is known that if a person is fasting, then he is what, thirsty and uh, hungry. And so this leads to laziness, especially if the day is long and if the heat is immense. So, and his laziness will be at the end of the day, which is uh, better than the beginning of the day and that's why he forbade fasting it prohibited fasting it and he sallallahu alaihi wasallam declared his uh, declared that he himself was not fasting in that day when it was said that he wa- when he when it was said that he was fasting he in called for a dish uh, containing uh, laban milk and he drank from it and people looking at him why in order to verify that he was not fasting that day sallallahu alaihi wasallam so from the benefits of this hadith is the prohibition prohibiting fasting the day of arafa at arafa and this is specific to the hajj to the person who is doing the pilgrimage but if someone <coughs> was staying at arafa on the day of arafa staying with the pilgrims like cooking for them or driving a bus, or driving a car, or a vehicle, or the like, and he was not a pilgrim himself, then there is no prohibition for him, because he is a traveler. And the traveler, you know, has the option to fast or to break the fast. Now, also from this we learn that, you know, uh, something which is lesser in merit, uh, something may occur to a matter which is lesser in merit which elevated to a position higher than the, the uh, meritorious uh, for example uh, the uh, breaking the fast with respect to fasting is makruh why? because fasting is from the sunan but if the fasting leads to leads to a defect in something sought legally, in something legally sought, then it is to be prohibited. Because it will lead to a a what? A a, a defect in something which is legally sought. What is legally sought here in Arafah is humbling oneself 
to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in prayers, in, in dua, in invocations. And this is requested. And therefore, since this is requested, the person needs to be active and, and, and strong, right? You see that? Therefore, in this case, breaking the fast takes precedence. Although the fasting is from the Sunan. Is that clear? Is that clear? Now, then we go to the last hadith in this chapter. The hadith of Abdullah bin Amr. رضي الله عنهما next hadith uh, عن Abdullah bin Umar رضي الله عنهما قال, قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا صام من صام الأبد متفق عليه ولمسلم عن أبي قتادة بلفظ لا صام ولا أفطر narrated Abdullah bin Umar رضي الله عنهما that Allah's messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم said he who observes perpetual fasting has not fasted <coughs> agreed upon hadith and the other and the other narration by Muslim Abi Qatada La Sama wala after may he not fast or break his fast. May he not fast or break his fast. Muslim from Abi Qatada it is reported by Abi Qatada as may he not fast or break his fast. May he not fast or break his fast. So he does not attain the reward of the fast, and he does not attain the comfort because of the fitr of the breaking of the fast. So he will not attain this nor that from the benefits of this hadith. The forbiddance to fast the, a, perpetual, a perpetual fasting. And the scholars rahimahullah differed as to the underlying cause. It is said, for example, they said because he will fast the days of Tashriq, the days, the days of Tashriq, the 11th, 12th, and 13th, and he will fast the days of the Eid. You see, and these two are, 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 are forbidden uh, to fast, right? And uh, that also if he uh, breaks the fast on the two Eids and the days of Tashriq, then this means that he did not actually observe perpetual fasting. Why? Because he breaks five days, right? But this uh, this uh, so they carried this hadith to apply to these days that are forbidden to fast. But this week, this is a weak narration. This is a weak saying, very weak. And it cannot be taken as the underlying uh, cause. Why? Because fasting the prohibited days is forbidden. Even if he doesn't fast the perpetual fasting. You understand? Fasting the prohibited days is forbidden. Even if he doesn't fast the perpetual fasting. So what is the underlying cause? The underlying cause is that uh, whoever fasts a perpetual fast less than these prohibited days, then he will not attain the reward. Why? Because under this situation, 
He's going to leave other things. This kind of fasting will make him leave things which are which have their own rights, like the right of the body, his body, the right of his family, the right of his guests, and any and other benefits. You understand? And that's why the Prophet ﷺ said to Abdullah bin Amr ibn al-As, that's why the Prophet ﷺ said to Abdullah bin Amr ibn al-As, may Allah be pleased with both of them, who intended to fast a perpetual fast, he said, meaning he didn't, he said, إِنَّ لِرَبِّكَ إِنَّ لِرَبِّكَ عَلَيْكَ حَقَّ Your Lord has right upon you, because there are acts of worship, which you will neglect if you carry this prolonged fasting. And he وسلم, reminded him, وَلِنَفْسِكَ عَلَيْكَ حَقَّ And yourself also has a right upon you. وَلِأَهْلِكَ عَلَيْكَ حَقَّ And your family has a right upon you. And also to your guests. فَأَعْتِكُ الَّذِي حَقِّ الْحَقَّهُ Then give each one his own right. He وسلم, directed him to that. So if someone asked, how to lift such a, pro- such a prohibition? the lifting of such a prohibition is in the direction of the Prophet ﷺ to Abdullah bin Amr ibn al-As is to fast a day and break a day fast a day and break a day and there is nothing better than this there is nothing better than this as the Prophet ﷺ directed him to so from the benefits of this hadith if a person vows makes a vow to fast and not to break the fast okay the entire, the perpetual fasting. This kind of vow is forbidden, muharram. And it is forbidden to fulfill. Then he must break the fast. And if he breaks the fast, then he must expiate. Why? Because he missed what he made a vow for. And that's why the preponderating opinion, if someone makes a vow to commit a sin, then it is not permissible to fulfill the vow, and there is kafarat yameen, and an expiation for an oath is required. The second benefit, in this hadith there is an indication, not to exceed, not to become excessive regarding worship, and exerting on the self that which, something which it cannot uh, tolerate or would make it very difficult on it. And this is clearly apparent, because the one who will have such kind of fast, then he will miss many other rights, will not fulfill them. Now, if someone raises the point and says, this hadith uh, indicates that it is blameworthy to observe such fasting, perpetual fasting. So how can what would be the answer what would the answer be regarding the saying of the Prophet ﷺ, fasting three days from each month is like fasting the entire uh, year and uh, in his saying Mansama Ramadan whoever fasts 
Ramadan, then follows it by fasting six days from Shawwal, as if fasted the entire uh, the, 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 uh, the entire year. Uh, the answer is that the Prophet ﷺ incited and encouraged to fast these days because in order to attain the reward of fasting an entire year. And there is a difference between the actual fasting, right, and the uh, fasting in attaining the reward. Is that clear? The actual fasting is forbidden. The actual fasting is forbidden. However, however the uh, the fasting which will take the ruling, the fasting which will take the ruling, in terms of the reward, there is no problem with it. Why? Because if he fasts three days from each month or six days after Ramadan, then he will have time to conduct other acts of worship. He will have, in each month, 27 days. And if that's six days from Shawwal, he will have time for 24 days. And there is no harm upon him will be. No harm will be upon him. Is that clear, inshallah? And this, all praises due to Allah, concludes the discussion on the uh, Book of Fasting from Bulugh uh, al-Maram. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept this effort and make it sincere for his face. Make it a benefit for myself and for all of you. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward our Shaykh abundantly for his efforts in the discussing in discussing the matters of Islam and in spreading the knowledge which is based upon the Quran and the Sunnah and the understanding of the early Muslims. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward him abundantly. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you all for your respectful stay during this uh, time. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam wa taslima kathira.